Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, July 16th. My name, of course, is Javier Reyes, your host of this year's Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is Javapeno, which is J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there. Or the Gmail, which is LockdownPodgers at gmail.com, with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have. And I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. And today's show, we're continuing my chat with my man, my friend, my pal, uh, Mr. Dato Epstein, our big kind of mega season preview at a glance. Uh, And instead of talking about opening day games and Jake Cronenworth, we're talking about the storylines we're looking forward to the most, starting with some Padres-centric ones. Yeah. That's right, because this is a Padres podcast. You might have heard that. Well, it's true. It is a Padres podcast. So let's talk about some damn Padres, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Let's get into the the storylines. Let's get into some of the things we're looking forward to the most. So I'm going to let you go first uh, for just in general things around the league uh, that you're looking forward to the most, uh, players, whatever, uh, that you're looking forward to for the season, because I know I've got plenty, including some that are a little bit rude, I must admit. Some of mine are a little mean, but I'm still excited to talk about them. So if you want Mr. Prestigious, Incredible Writer, before we've been talking about, uh, kick it off, man. Well, I probably shouldn't say this on a, on a Padres podcast, but, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the Mookie Betts and, mm. uh, and Cody Bellinger combination out there in L.A. and seeing how that plays out, um, seeing what they do. I, I kind of want to see what they're going to do to Mookie Betts. Like they're going to, you know, so the Dodgers paid handsomely to get Mookie and now they've got him for just this 60 game did sprint. They? Are we sure they did? Well, no. Okay. No, no, they didn't. They, <laughs> did, not sure? to get um, <laughs> they did not. They, they fleeced the Red Sox in that one, um, which, you know, also, Hey, I'm a Yankees fan and that's fine with me, but, but they <laughs> did pay for Mookie and they've got him for this 60 game sprint to the finish. So I don't know, man. I feel like they're going to, you know, bat him in like seven different lineup positions at a time and just, you know, mm-hmm. totally wear him down as much as possible. I mean, he's going to play <laughs> every inning of every game because they're going to yeah. try and juice every uh, part of him that they can. Um, it's kind of like, to a different extent, the Brewers with Yasmani Grandal last year. I think he played in 153 games for them or something, 154 as a catcher. Um, yeah. which is insane. I mean, Mookie Betts yeah. is obviously an outfielder, but you know, they're, they're going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Dodgers are known for moving players around and benching and giving rest and everything, you know, like everybody plays every position in LA, you know, they're, they're all like Chris Taylor or, or uh, Max <laughs> Muncy or PK Hernandez. Like they all play 49 different positions. So, um, you know, I, I kind of want to see what they're going to do with Mookie Betts, knowing that they're kind of um, treating him as a disposable player. <laughs> Unless yeah, they resign him, which who knows. That they, the Red Sox could, like, look good by the end of this. <laughs> and they would Oh, imagine if they, like, resigned him. That'd be incredible. That would be the most insane <laughs> thing I've ever seen in baseball. Um, yeah, I and mean, hey. He'll be on the bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I, I understand the, the Dodgers thing. They really are stacked in, like, every facet of how you make a baseball team it's pretty ridiculous i'm gonna go now and start with a padres one 
to bring back the Padres thing because this is locked on Padres after all. So mine, I mean, the obvious thing people could talk about is Tatis, which, I mean, you should. He is so, so exciting. And the fact that he, even for people who are in my area, New York, New Jersey, whatever, even people who only pay attention to their team, the fact that a Padres player may like have broken out of that bubble of relevance or irrelevancy, I should say, that comes with the Padres um, organization almost as a whole. The fact that people started hearing about this guy, there's just something about him. He's got that electricity to him, right? But I don't want to talk about him. I want to talk about Mackenzie, about Mackenzie Gore. All right. So yeah. he was probably projected to start like later in the season, but now they might just say, what the heck? And trot him out. I mean, he's the like a top five prospect in baseball, best pitching prospect in baseball. If they're able to get not just Paddock as their ace, which even him I have slight questions about, um, mm-hmm. just if he might have a little bit of a sophomore slump, it could be a big deal because they also have Denelson Lamette who's coming back, who secretly strikes out like 800,000 people uh, every hour. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not that many, but... <laughs> Garrett Richards yeah, like Garrett in theory healthy. Yes, Garrett Richards. People laugh at me when I say this. But it's like, Garrett Richards was really good when he was healthy. So if that's like your yeah. fourth guy, why not take a flyer on him? You know what I mean? And then Zach Davies is like like a Mark Burley, you know, ground ball type guy, but he's kind of reliable. So I, that's a great fifth starter, yeah. I think. So the secret sauce of Padres pitching, um, I think everyone knows that the bullpen is going to be really good. But I don't think people realize that with Gore, if he, if this is, you know, obviously projecting and hopefully he's pretty good. I mean, he has a high ceiling. I think secretly the Padres rotation could be a lot better than people realize, um, especially in a shortened season and everything that's going on. Um, so that's definitely for me, like one of the things I look forward to the most. I agree. Uh, I think that that does predicate on a lot of things going right. I think mm-hmm. that if it, this was a normal 162 game season, Mackenzie Gore would probably be coming up either as a starter or a reliever or something for the stretch run. That'd be happening. But he's lost a lot of development time because of the pandemic, as a lot of the prospects have. But there's a lot of players who would be making their debut this season that now you wonder if they're really going to. You know, Gore has thrown 21 and two thirds innings above a ball. So yeah. <laughs> now, normally he would have started to that 2020 in either double A or maybe even triple A, but he would have had a lot of high minors experience over these past several months. And I think that experience is valuable, but he just hasn't faced a lot of high level hitting yet. Um, I know that they've got him on the, uh, the, whatever the summer camp roster, whatever they're calling it, but um, <laughs> pre- presented by some camping thing or whatever. I don't know. But, so, I, I think it's going to be tough for the guys who were on the cusp of debuting, even the best prospects like Mackenzie Gore. It's going to be tough for them to uh, to make that leap this season because they missed a lot of high minors experience. You know, um, Joey Bart is another one I was talking with some people about recently where, uh, you know, Buster Posey obviously just opted out today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joey Bart is the – probably the best catching prospect in baseball. He's the logical fit, but you know, like Mackenzie Gore, he's only played, you know, a month above a ball. Mm-hmm. If he had been in double A AA and triple A all along, yeah, he'd be in the majors this season. But now, especially on a team like the giants who have much uh, worse pro- um, prospects for the season than the Padres do. Um, 
are they going to start his service time clock on a team that's going to win, I don't know, 20 games out of 60? <laughs> uh, when he doesn't less. have any high minors experience? You know, I don't know. So part of this is going to depend on how teams start and how the season begins because it is just going to be a wild, wacky season. We don't know who's going to win how many games. As you said earlier, with the exception of maybe four teams, everyone in baseball could be a playoff team. The other side of that coin is that just about everyone in baseball could be under 500. Mm -hmm. Um, You could write that narrative for just about all of them. I mean, the Nationals Mm -hmm. won the World Series last year. They started something like 19 and 31. Yeah. So that's the kind of season that anyone could have, um, even a really good team. So teams that are sort of in the middle where you don't know if this is the year that they're going to take the step forward, like the Padres, or a team like Cleveland, where you don't know if this is the year where they're going to take the step backward, a lot of it's going to depend on the first 10, 15 game stretch, which is, you know, a quarter of the season, and whether or not they say, okay, let's bring up Mackenzie Gore because he's one of the best pitchers we have and we need him now. But if they start out five and 10, it might be like, eh, let's hold off. Let's mm. wait till next year. It's this weird, almost like, I think this is something that us fans would have liked in a pretend social experiment almost like what would baseball look like if it was 60 games like how crazy would it be but then in actuality simulation or something yeah exactly uh it's in this situation it's kind of ridiculous and i don't really know exactly what's happening no one does you're not alone Oh, whatever, man. Uh, That sound effect is supposed to be a a G-force high turn, like it's fast and furious to resemble a car. You know why, guys? Because that's right. We're talking about the best place to shop for all your car stuff that you might need. That's right, rockauto.com. It is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your class or your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all of the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer it's true man very easy to navigate and stuff and i know literally nothing about cars so that speaks volumes to it best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts it doesn't make any sense now does it so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's see, Padres things I'm looking forward to. Um, Manny Machado. So okay. they signed Manny Machado, obviously the big contract, and he had a good but not great season last year. And you can't do that on a big con- I mean, you can, obviously. Yeah. Like, you know, absent of everything, like he's a very, very good player, and the Padres should be very fortunate to have him. And He's the best player on their team until Tatis proves otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming off of all the hype and the big contract and everything, if you're not basically the MVP of the league, people are going to talk about you like you're a disappointment. Same thing happened with Bryce Harper and Philly. You know, they both had good seasons, but not great seasons. They were a little bit down by their standards, but not out of the realm of possibility. So I kind of want to see 
how he rebounds. Uh, not that it, I think it's as much of a rebound with as far as on the field because he's still an outstanding player, but um, how the narrative around him changes. Um, he's mm. he has not been the the benefit of the doubt in terms of national media narrative for a lot of reasons, most of which are unfair. Mm-hmm. But with a short sixty game season. He could very easily hit 220 or he could hit 380. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those are those things are all possible for him with the defense and the power and everything. Who knows? So then let's see how much that narrative changes. You mm-hmm. know, I remember when A-Rod first came to the Yankees and he had, uh, by anyone else's standards, one of the best seasons of anyone in baseball. But it was a little bit down for A-Rod, who's one of the greatest <laughs> players you've ever seen. And the media jumped all over him. This is before they even knew about steroids. Oh, he's not earning his contract. And why'd we trade, why'd we trade Alfonso Soriano for this guy? You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It's like what happened with Bryce Harper last year too. Bryce Harper is another one who's, who's kind of similar, who was really good last year. It's just, he wasn't this 13 years type of good. And that's just kind of what happens with stars sometimes in baseball. We, we get away from things with the narrative. We become a little bit divorced from reality. You know, Price Harper, I think, put up like 4.4 war last season or something yeah. along those lines. Manny Machado, somewhere in the same ballpark. That's an all-star caliber player. Mm-hmm. And anyone should be happy getting that from their star player um, under any circumstances. So... Mm-hmm. Just because uh, the expectations were so impossibly high, then it, it was portrayed as a down year. And mm-hmm. we could see the same. We, you mentioned Garrett Cole. We could see the same thing. You yeah. saw what happened. He had a bowed outing in spring training. When <laughs> Everyone freaked out. He struck out 326 guys last year. Yeah, and know, right? spring training card, he probably didn't even throw a breaking ball. <laughs> and, and it's like, I, oh no, he got hit. Like he, he was just borderline broken last year. Like I couldn't like I forgot. You know, I would checking like back in January. I was like, I know he had like, you know, 280, 326. Like it was one yeah. of those things. I forgot. Like, that's such an obscene number of strikeouts. I don't think people realize that sometimes. Um, yeah, but yeah, it happens yeah, sometimes. He sure. a record for uh, strikeout percentage. Uh, he mm-hmm. broke the record for like most batters, like the highest percentage of batters faced struck out in a season by a starting mm-hmm. pitcher. The old record, like even though strikeouts have gone crazy, the record was um, Pedro Martinez in 1999 mm-hmm. or 2000, something like it was like peak Pedro. Yeah. And Eric Cole broke that. Um, so he is just... Uh, yeah, he's great. Like the greatest strikeout wizard of our era. Yeah, he, he really is. He really is. And, and b- before the Mets fans get mad, all right? Yes, Jacob Degrom is great too. You know how the Mets fans get super upset if you don't like say that he's on that same level? It's like, yeah, he is, but I think Gary Cole is a little bit better. It doesn't matter. Like, it's not this thing where I'd be, oh, uh, sir, we weren't able to get Gary Cole, but we we only got Jacob Degrom. Like, no, no one ever says that. They'd be happy with right. either, right? But the Mets fans, the fans they freak out. Happy unless they're unhappy. Yeah, the, well, the Mets freak out. 
<laughs> and cut that is it guys for part two of my discussion with daniel epstein only part two that's crazy it's only two parts and there's so much more that we still are going to talk about that's the best part is it's not over ladies and gentlemen i hope you guys are having as much fun listening to it as i did talking to mr epstein remember to check out his work and follow him on the twitters and all that stuff stay tuned guys also for the next part in the roast of eric hosmer with ryan styles that is going to go up tomorrow. Really exciting stuff. We get more into it. I hope you guys enjoyed the ones with my friend Alex from yesterday. And I hope you guys are just enjoying the podcast in general. And I hope you're enjoying life in general. Whatever it is, stay golden. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, wherever. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And also, if you guys would do me a favor and check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It is real good. It is hosted by the homie Scott Cohen. Today, he posted his preview on the LA Dodgers. You might have heard uh, just around these parts, the Dodgers are quite good. So trust me, there's a lot of fantasy options. But what exactly should you be aiming for with the Dodgers, aside from some of the obvious names? Well, our boy Scott Cullen has got you covered. So go check that out, guys. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful, my Friar Faithful homies. Take care.